Wars. Episode 0043. If Phil died, did Phil actually take a spike bat to Kyle's head? If you don't believe my lies are true, ask Arnold, he'll erase you too. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a long-awaited episode 0043 of the Movie Wars podcast. Keep your head up and your asshole puckered. This is Kyle. <laughs> I don't have a quote. Uh, your luggage. I'm Drew. <laughs> <laughs> Your Taking luggage. a page out of old Phil's book here. No, that's nothing. It's a few numbers and some plastic. What you are is in here, and no one can take that from you. It's me, Phil Nold. Now let's make out by the fire. Yeah. <laughs> well, Which, I, uh, early rando, apparently they, there was a romance scene after that scene that they cut because it didn't play. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I had to go with that quote because of how just out of place and ridiculous it was in that movie. Yeah. She's like, they're going to find me. I'm gonna. She's throw. Oh yeah, she throws all her shit in that fire and uh, is like, "Well, that's everything that I am," or whatever. He's like, "No, what you are is in here." And he's like pointing to his chest. I'm like, "What the fuck?" Like he's this talking preschool? to like a seven year old girl. Yeah, or like something? what the hell? Anyway, yeah. And there's a lot of reasons that there's more randos that pertain to why why Eraser is the way it is. But you know, it was only a matter of time before this podcast became an Arnold versus Arnold podcast. Uh, yeah, <laughs> have we never done that? I don't think we've done Arnold versus Arnold. With what the, we've we have had a couple of actor like actor versing themselves, but. Thank you so much for everyone bearing with us. It's been a crazy summer for us. I moved. Uh, Drew's had a lot more tour dates. We've all had family stuff. Phil, the award-winning sound engineer, has absorbed a bunch of amazing work. Crazy. I've been finishing the final edits on my book. Uh, it's been a crazy summer, but we're back. Someone actually asked if we were okay. Someone sent me a message like, did Phil die? Did Phil actually take a spike bat to Kyle's head? And no, no that didn't happen. <clears throat> well, it well, did. He, he did, but you survived. It yeah. was the wrong Kyle, actually. It, it was, was the wrong bat. Turns yeah. out it was one without yeah. the spikes. It was the one with the noodle pool noodles sticking out of it. It. Yeah, yeah, it's very it soft, very weird. It floated. Kind of a, yeah. yeah, chill landing on the old cabeza. It felt pretty good. I'll be honest. This one might be the hardest matchup to like not get scenes mixed up. Oh yeah, they are very similar. Very movies, similar. Like, very similar era. Similar, mm -hmm. obviously Arnold's. Well, one reason for that, you and I talked about it, is that um, Eraser pays a lot of homage to other. Like we were pointing, like that was like Point Break. Like there was all these little pages. Totally. They were pulling out of a lot of other mm -hmm. action films. RoboCop, a little bit. You know, and we joke about this, but what's funny is we got the the boys here, Phil and Drew gave me an amazing birthday, made me drink some water, Thai food, and then we watched the Arnold documentary. And, and and Phil confessed that even though in some of our early podcasts, you'll hear him making fun of Arnold, Arnold's now a hero of yours. Yeah, he's a hero of mine. And, yeah, like, uh, I, I think by way of Kyle's influence, he's really become a figure that I've uh, grown to respect a lot. Mm -hmm. I still hold that he's not a good actor, but, mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, What's a, it's the measure of a man is not his acting skills. Mm -hmm. Especially it's, when they get paid $25 million a movie to act. So, yeah. But surprisingly, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because he doesn't get a lot of romance mm -hmm. in his movies. Yeah. Like, think about it. Predator, Rarely. Terminator. He's there's not a big. lot of... He usually is just like his, the mission and his guns are his love. It's true. Like, that's what he does. Yeah, he's got a lot of... He's got the world to he's, save. It's not to say he doesn't have an enormous penis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enormous. And we actually were going to do Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but all three of us just, even though the through line was there, there are through lines here too, but even though the through line was there, it was just really hard to compare True Lies and yep. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And they are so similar. When you pop up True Lies on the TV, Mr. and Mrs. Smith comes up right after it. It's just yep. like... Yeah, the thinking was definitely along the lines of a a matchup that had a lot of, you know, parallel correlation and, you know, different eras. I guess really not that different. Maybe 10, year, 10 12 years apart, however long apart yeah, those two 
I'd say were... semi different eras, but th- I mean, the through line being, you know, secret life hidden from your, yeah. your spouse, et cetera. Yeah. But in, you know, for you, the audience, we uh, decided to stay integritous to our, you know, goal and uh, only cover movies that are actually good. Yeah. So, fuck and, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Some bullshit. Yeah, I know. And and he like cheat, totally cheated on Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston in that movie on An- with Angelina. It's just unacceptable behavior. Yeah. Not an Angelina fan. So I took my side on that one. But uh, as much as I love both of these movies, it's interesting seeing a fully realized Arnold. And what, what I mean by that is I realized watching True Lies and Eraser that it made me realize so much of what I love about Arnold is like the early 90s and 80s films where he's still learning English. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like you said, he's still kind of coming to, into his own as an actor. A lot of the movies, even though they were amazing, didn't have great budgets. I'm thinking about Predator and Terminator and Commando. Those movies were not explosive budgets. Like True Lies at the time, just like T2 at the time, was the most expensive movie, movie budget in history, $100 million. T2 before it was also at the time when it came out was the most what? expensive movie ever made. So yeah, and and that's funny because all the money spent. I know it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't feel like that, right? It feels kind of small. This movie looks cheap as fuck. It it's, it's more about like I feel like it's more about him and Jamie Lee Curtis's relationship than it is about anything else. Yeah. Wait. So wait. So, True Lies was one of the most expensive movies at the, at the time. It was, was the most he's expensive. It was the most wow. expensive movie. And T two before that was the well, most. Well, that ex- one makes sense. I'll tell you something. You saw it. The, they definitely didn't spend money on uh, the freaking plane scene and the eraser. Looks like he's... <laughs> dude, that, that was... Or the that, uh, CGI. Yeah. Okay, I have thoughts. We'll get to that. All right, yeah. let's get there. But it was interesting seeing both of these, and, and there's a lot of reasons for it, right? Like, so Drew and I have both read the, the book, the Arnold book. We all three watched the documentary. You know, Arnold is approaching his his political aspirations. Eraser was made during a time where he was actually really trying to clean up. I got an amazing rando about this. Oh, I can't wait. But he was trying to clean up his image the closer he got to trying to, you know, to get elected and, and, uh, cause he had political aspirations since the eighties, but he didn't really start coming mm-hmm. around to it till the mid nineties to the 2003 when he won the governorship. But you know, he starts to clean up his image. He starts to be a little more cautious about what he's, he's doing on screen. Interesting. He also started showing, <laughs> is much- he though? I mean, the first scene he slams a guy's head in the fridge. It's true. Well, you, that's what you want in a governor. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 if my governor, I don't care about policy. Who have you killed? You know, who's riding at the bottom of the pond on your private golf course? That's, that's, <laughs> what I want to know. Exactly. And you know, and lastly, it, one of the things about these movies is they feel especially true lies. It's it, it's like, what does it want to be? Is it trying to be tongue in cheek? It feels like on one hand, it really is trying to be tongue in cheek. Although I think true lies is a little bit of an homage to Bond. It's got the kind of those spy elements in it, but it's James Cameron. So he eventually he gets to the amazing Arnold action scenes, but it felt like up until that point, it was trying to be like a kind of almost making fun of itself. Yeah, man. True lies was weird because like, ah, uh, well, I don't, we didn't need to get into this now, but, um, that movie, it was a comedy. It was. But it wasn't, Both of these movies it are funny. It wasn't clear until like a good ways into the movie that it was like a comedy. Once you delve into the marriage. Because I was actually super confused for the first like 30 minutes or so of True Lies. Like I'm watching this movie and I'm like, dude, this movie's fucking ridiculous. Like it's... It's absurd on so many levels, but it's like it wasn't funny enough to trip you, to tip you off that it was a comedy, and it wasn't serious enough to be like a serious action yes, film. So, it doesn't know what it wants to be. Like it wasn't until he's talking to the fucking horse on the roof that I was like, "Oh, this is a comedy." Mm. He's like, "What are you doing? You should have you you should have saved me or whatever." What and kind of like, cop are you? Yeah, what kind? Of, yeah. It was that part that I was like, 
oh, this is a, actually a comedy. Like, and I think the, this is just so my theory. Weird, yeah. What you're sensing, it's it's based on a French film called La Totale. Yeah. And I think you are Have you seeing... Seen it, by the way? No, I haven't. I actually did look for it. It's really hard to find. Just like True Lies is... Good Lord. Gosh, can we like have a segment just bashing the streaming? For those listening that like, I hope you suffered with this, like, because I posted, right? I always want our fans to tell us what they think of the movies coming Hell in. Hell yeah. They probably couldn't find it. Yeah, exactly. So, funny story, five months ago, you and I were smoking cigars and I was like, because Drew and I have been watching all the Arnold movies together for like the past two years. And I was like, we've, I think it's time to watch True Lies. Couldn't find it. It just so happens that when we decided to do this matchup, it pops up on Apple. And then both of us went to rewatch it this week because to, to, there was a long time. I wanted to do the same, yeah. And lo and behold, it's gone again. And it's not anywhere. I couldn't. Yeah, dude. I watched it last week. It was up there. I think I'd rented it or it was on Prime or something. And it was then, on Prime. I, I watched to, it on Prime. I was going to zip through it again just kind of because it had been a week or two and then mm-hmm. it was gone. Like, yeah. What the? Yeah. What, what happened? I don't understand the licensing world. Like, is getting out of hand. Oh, it's, it's not getting out of hand. It's, it's been, been out of hand for a long time. Time. But it, it affected this podcast, and for yeah. that, Paramount must apologize. What I don't <laughs> understand, this is totally off this podcast topic. I get if you want to, like, if you, if a deal ends with a certain platform and you're negotiating for the next one, all that makes sense. But why would it fall off somewhere that you could purchase or rent it? I know. Yes. I wanted, I, I, I always like, ordered 4K discs. Why could you discs? not always have it on, it should always just be on Voodoo and Apple and Amazon to rent or buy. Like, And this is a yeah, love James Cameron Arnold movie. It, this is a beloved film. Right. We're it's talking not about. like it's the French version you were just talking yeah. about. This yeah. is a beloved film. Most a lot of people think this is Arnold's best movie. I'm yeah, just like, and you can't get it anywhere. Anyway, that's a side, you know, but uh, <laughs> that's a side thing. But before we get into that's a true it, side. a little bit from the fans here. So uh, put out the poll. Seventy three percent of our fans uh, prefer True Lies over, okay. yep, over the Eraser. Some comments here from Chase uh, on our Instagram, a loyal fan who sends us a lot of messages. He says, "I'm going to side with True Lies. Eraser has horrible CGI, and True Lies had better practical <laughs> effects. Also, the police horse chasing motorcycle is awesome." <laughs> Thank you, Chase. I love you. I do. I agree with I everything. I actually do agree with Chase. That horse thing was the most insane thing ever, but mm-hmm. it was fun. Mm-hmm. It, it, went really on a, was. it went on a little long, but it was fun because Dude. it was so insane. Uh, obviously, there were some scenes where like, that's not Arnold. That's a body double. That's oh Arnold. my God. Arnold, it was so obvious double. too. Arnold body double. Like, it was, just, like, it was so, bad. so obvious. Like You're like, that's another person like altogether. Didn't Maybe that's look why like it's Arnold. not streamable. They're like, wait, they're trying to fix it before they yeah. put it back up. Yeah. This fake Arnold, he looks like shit. What are we doing? Ugh. Mr. Brad, another one of our loyal Instagram followers had a different Mr. point of view. Mr. Brad. I'm trying to avoid saying their last name so people don't dox him for their amazing opinions. He said, true lies versus Eraser. The only thing better about Eraser is the EM1 railgun. That thing is sci-fi hilarity at its best, just wrecking <laughs> shit in the flick. But outside oh, of that, so and maybe good. that snowy cabin uh, setting it for a bit, True Lies is better in every way. Thank you, Brad. Not yeah. a bad point on the rail gun. I, I liked the gun. It was fun. Mm-hmm. A rail gun, you I said. Have, <laughs> I, have, I have like a category Still about this. Still have no idea what that is. Is it a laser? Is mm-hmm. it like... So- Remember the electromagnetic it pulses? It shoots like, projectiles, but at like an obscenely high speed. So Yeah, it was like aluminum or something. Yeah, right? and, and in say, this case... They said in the movie it shoots something aluminum. It shoots like spent... I think it was like spent shell, spent uranium shells or something like that at the speed of light, which fucking ridiculous. Remember 007 on 64 had railguns only mode? 
But they, uh, didn't they call them Moonrakers or something? What were they called? They I, were don't know. I never really played that, that was... game. All I know about Railguns is from Metal Gear Solid, you know, one of the most famous scenes uh, when he's talking to, I think, Donald Anderson. He goes, a railgun, you said. <laughs> Which I'm going through now at your leadership. Yes. At your, at your behest. Your I've guide, your guide me new... I've been texting him for tips on beating the bosses because that game does not hold your hand on the PS1. No, it does not. It's <laughs> like, here's a boss in a room. It's Knock yourself stiff. out. None of this shit makes sense. Very stiff game, but yeah. I'm loving every second of it. Um, so anyway, thank you for the fans that contributed here. Let's go into... Uh, I loved those takes, by the way. I, I did was too. fully on board. We, uh, I like the said. fan stuff. Keep it coming, y'all. We get people We get people sending all kinds of great messages. I love including it. Thank you, Mr. Brad and Mr. Chase. And thank you to our patrons as well. I, I just launched, a, and you guys are finishing your list, but I just launched my number 50 video about my number 50 movie of all time on our Patreon. So thank you to our patrons, amazing patrons. And Drew, what are your, uh, what are your thoughts on these films? Well, like you mentioned, you, we've kind of been watching through Arnold's discography or whatever. whatever oh, his filmography, yeah. Filmography. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of become, after reading his book and watching his documentary, I've kind of been become infatuated with sort of his career and it's especially his movie career. And both of these movies, they are interesting entries in his career. You know, with True Lies, it's like, it's sort of him becoming a big boy, like kind of a real Hollywood actor. I mean, he's always he was already a Hollywood actor, but like sort of a serious actor working with James Cameron and like he was trying you could tell he was trying to do something outside of what he had, had always done and with Eraser it was like like you said he was trying to like kind of maintain that macho bad boy appeal but clean it up a little bit as he's about to make his like campaign push it was like he was trying to prove he could still do this 80s thing but it was 1996 so it's kind of an interesting place it was really his last action movie of the kind of a, of the his run that he had from the 80s to the you know late 90s mid, mid to late 90s true lies I went in thinking I'm gonna love this like what it's Arnold it's mid 90s it's like right in his prime it's Cameron like what it's in his prime seemingly like how what could go wrong and like Phil said I didn't know what the hell I was watching for like an hour I'm like what is this a romance? Is this a comedy? Is this action? Like, I just didn't know, like, is this James Bond? I just could not figure out what was going on exactly. And that was my major struggle with it was that I feel like it just had a, ma a significant identity issue. Like, it had no idea what it was. It's not to say it wasn't fun at times, and I, I, of course I enjoyed it, and I think that Cameron pulled a lot out of Arnold. You know, like, I think he probably delivered one of his better acting roles that he's ever delivered. Oh, Same yeah. with Jamie Lee. I thought she was actually, I went in expecting to hate her for whatever reason. I don't know why I just write she her off. She was amazing. But she was fantastic. Amazing. And it really, she was kind of asked to like do a lot you know she had to be kind of this like mm -hmm. like very demure kind yeah of, like yeah. this like almost taking advantage of housewife and this like a stuffy office employee and like then she had to do kind of the tawdry like slutty yeah. thing and she, like she just she was I feel like she was asked to do a lot and she pulled it off like I thought it, she did a really nice job and then Eraser I, I went in thinking this is going to be absolute shit and I'll be <laughs> honest guys I enjoyed it. I thought it was a blast. I'm right Don't there with you. Don't get me wrong. Was. I know it's no piece of you know cinema history, but it was kind of like it felt like it should have come out in like 1989. And it was 96. I like how it tried to work in some of the new tech. It was asking you know Arnold to sort of be like macho 80s guy, but also sort of like Jason Bourne or something like in the mm -hmm. future. Like it did. So there was some weird issues there, and it struggled to kind of know what it was as well. And that's sort of my main beef with both of these issues, and probably the most similar. Thing 
thread is that the identity problems that they both have. But I had a blast with both of them, and I'm glad that we paired them up. Love it. Nice. I'm glad we made the audible. We could be talking yes. about Bradgelina right now, and I'd be like, Blah! go ahead, yeah. Phil. Well, when Brad looked at her across the table, that was just some premier acting. And Brad Remember said, when they tried to kill each other and beat the shit out of each other, and then they made out like an hour yeah, later? And yeah, Brad yeah. was like, weren't you in Tomb Raider? That's how real relationships is. You're Man. John Voight's daughter. John Voight. <laughs> These two movies were really interesting watches. You know, obviously, like, I feel like the Arnold thing covers a multitude of sins. Like, at this point, in retrospect, Arnold is kind of this national treasure of a human being. There's a lot of love for him overall, and he's done a great job of, like, maintaining his image over the years. And uh, But, man, uh, I went into True Lies. I, I had never seen it, and... I, I didn't do any reading about it beforehand, so I wasn't really sure what I was getting into. We had paired up True Lies versus Mr. and Mrs. Smith initially because they were both these like couples action comedy things. So I kind of like knew that True Lies was comedic in nature in a way. But then I start watching it and I'm like, I feel like this movie's really trying to take itself seriously. And then some time passes and then I'm like, maybe it doesn't take itself very seriously. And then so like it was like Drew said, total identity crisis and the movie is never sure what it is. At the end of the day, I ended up really enjoying it. It was just a weird ass movie that I just liked. I, I got no explanation for it. And apparently a lot of you guys preferred it too. You know, y'all listeners out there. Eraser was was so stupid. <laughs> it had your boy James Caan it was from so The Godfather. Good, but so dumb at the same <laughs> yeah, time. No. Like everything about it, like and once again, Drew put it really well. Like it was an 80s film that happened to be made in the mid to late 90s. Oh yeah. And it just didn't missed it by like a decade. It didn't <laughs> fit in that ethos of what was going on at the time. So it, it and even today you're watching it. It's just kind of like I don't know where it slots into like film timeline or anything, but like it came out the same week as Mission Impossible. Yeah, that's the same you summer at least. Yep. Like a, just another bizarre Arnold film. Like uh, similar bizarre to Arnold. what I think Chase uh, our, the listener said it, the CGI was terrible. I feel like they could have done a lot better at the time because what is it? Armageddon came out two years later and that movie still looks unbelievable. Like they, they had the capability and they just didn't make it happen. So yeah. it, it, it looked really weird. Um, it had cheesy, cheesy, like forced feeling emotional moments like the quote that I used at the beginning. You know, like nothing about it made a whole lot of sense, but it was still like a lot of fun to watch and th these two movies, they were just bizarre. The plot is absolutely insane too. It's like, insane. It's, it was just like like when James Conn rushes in and like kills that woman. Oh, the, like, the twists are very like on the nose. But like, like why? now this is a plot twist. I still was unsure why. Like, was he he was trying to throw them off or make that get Arnold to move Vanessa, Vanessa Williams? Williams. Yeah, he was trying Vanessa to. Williams. I think he was killing her so that Arnold would be like, "Oh, we got to move her. They're onto us or something." Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know. It just it really didn't add up for me. Lee, they were both kind of funny films that I was never sure if they were taking themselves too seriously or not, and they both had weird comedic elements. Like Drew said, massive identity crisis going on from top to bottom. And to me, I feel like I can look past that. I, w I still enjoyed both of them thoroughly. I absolutely love True Lies. Eraser was bizarre. Um, the other funny thing about Eraser is I'd never seen it prior to watching it for this podcast, but I have the clearest memory of going to this video store we used to go to when I was a kid. Um, it's called Video Tracks. 
in Miami. It's right near Miami Dade Community College. They probably already given steroids to athletes at the in the back. Oh, hundred oh, yeah. percent. Um, <laughs> and I remember that poster being up on the glass for Eraser? like months. Yeah, and I just remember looking at it, being like, one day I'm gonna be old enough to go rent that movie on my own, and my dad can't say anything about it. <laughs> and look he at can't you now, stop me. Now you're now talking about such it on a, a podcast. Big yeah. boy. Look at me now, Dad. Such a big boy. Like I have the clearest memory of that poster and Arnold on the front, and just thinking like the eraser. What does that mean? You know? So, yeah. Here's the thing, though. I would watch it again. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. I had a blast. Oh, yeah. Also, the dude in, in the van, congratulations, you've been erased. You know, that whole thing. Mm. So, that was, that movie, they were both funny and didn't know it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what yeah. the fuck I'm saying. I think, I think, yeah, and I, I feel very similar. I feel like Eraser is unfairly maligned. I do think... <laughs> I, yes, I, is under, unfair, eraser though? is underrated, and I think True Lies is overrated. Yeah, Woo, hot take. take. Eraser flows, take. flows much better than True Lies does. There's just a more even flow. I felt like the plot I could comprehend it. I also felt like James Caan solidified it um, as an actor. I loved having him in the Arnold uh, universe. You know, having him counter like one of the world's greatest actors has been in the greatest films. He was in The Godfather, and this dude has just done such amazing things. Having him kind of counter to Arnold as a villain was really fun for me. Um, you know, in True Lies, again, and as a diehard James Cameron fan and a diehard Arnold fan, I thought it was both of their, one of their most uneven entries. And I just... Yes, totally agree. The identity crisis that you spoke to, Phil, at one point I'm like, is this a Bond knockoff? Is this yeah. giving giving cadence to the spy genre? And then, but it, they couldn't help it but get to the big Arnold action at the end. They eventually got there. And it's like, it's because I don't think James Cameron can let himself not do the most experience uh, expressed big version of whatever the thing he's doing. Whatever he does has to be big. That's so true. It did feel kind of like a Bond knockoff. And it, it almost, and that actually makes sense because there was sort of a, a break, you know, it was, it was after the last good Bond and it was sort of like pre-Pierce Brosnan and it, it just, like, there was a hunger for that type of film. But it, was Arnold the right guy for that movie? You know, because Tom Cruise did Mission Impossible that same year. I have to feel like even like a Keanu or a Bruce Willis or like one of those would have fit better in this like spy thriller kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And we got the bow tie. You're, the very first thing you're seeing is him in a bow tie in a tux and he's doing the tango he's undercover he's in russia yes you know very vintage bondy stuff yeah it definitely felt like that for sure whereas eraser it's more even and it it's very clear to me more so on what it is because like we like we said earlier like there were points where i was like i felt like that like the parachute i felt like i was point break you you pointed out a scene was like that felt kind of like die hard i saw a scene where it felt a little bit like robocop um you know and and uh you know both both of these films suffer though because the big through line for these movies even though we got rid of the through line with Mr. and Mrs. Smith. The through line here is they both work for these kind of <laughs> ominous, ambiguous yeah, right? organizations that are like government organizations, but they have their own office. They're not really like, like well, John does the White House know about this? You know, it's like, it's, yeah. you're not exactly sure how they align with the government, but they do. Oh, dude, yeah. The ambiguity yeah. behind John Cruyff's pseudo U.S. Marshal position, like where he goes into some fucking bunker, it, like that kind of shit. It's, it, that's where you're like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's also just weird. Arnold as a U.S. Marshal. Mm. I, I don't know. Yes, like, do exactly. We, do we buy that? Yeah. It's a little bit like Super Soldier maybe, but like he's just... He's in the military. Like. Tommy Lee Jones is a fucking U.S. Marshal, okay? Yep, he's the U.S. Marshal. <laughs> he is the, there is only one U.S. Marshal in Hollywood, and that's Tommy Lee fucking Jones. Damn that's right. right. <laughs> yeah. God, that makes me want to watch The Fugitive again. 
<laughs> U.S. Marshals is a really fun movie. Yeah. How have we never covered that? Well, that's we, a great. Yeah. I mean, well, well, that's I remember a, that's a sequel good. to to yeah the future. yeah we talked about yeah. that. So good. Wasn't there a horse riding scene in John Wick? I was yeah. getting John Wick vibes. In John Wick three or two. I was some Wick vibes from the horse. I wonder if that was sort of an inspiration. It was two or three where he rode the horse. I can't remember, but yeah. I like I said earlier. I realized that the charm of Arnold to me really exists in some of those older movies where he's kind of coming into his own. Um, you know, I just love that early work. And as he got closer to political aspirations, I feel like the filmmaking suffered a little. He was almost too polished. Mm -hmm. he, but he also had gotten a little obsessed with the idea of comedy, too. You know, he had taken on one of the great comedians. I'm trying to remember who he talks about in the book, but he's one of the great one-liner comedians as a mentor. And he, like, trained him on comedy. And he was really... Oh, was it Stephen Wright? It wasn't Stephen Wright. No, it was um, it was one of the old one-liners. I'm talking, like, punchlines from 60s, 70s guys. Oh, God, yeah. I, could, um, I can't remember. It's a leg. If I said the name and remembered it, you would be like, oh, that guy. But, you know, he, he had such an interesting comedy. And, and before this, he had twins and Junior going into a racer like he had done. Kindergarten some, Cop. Kindergarten Cop. He had done some pure comedies. And so there is a little identity crisis here. Like, is this movie funny? Is it, if it is a comedy, it's not a great one. If it's not an action film or if it is an action film, it's not a great one. Yeah. And so it, 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 both of these films suffer a little from not exactly having a home. But I would say a racer, controversially, and people will think it's controversial, is a little more solidified, has a better flow. I, I think also these movies kind of suffer in retrospect because they're kind of cheesy and and we're, it's I, I didn't see them in the 90s so it's like were they cheesy in the 90s I don't really know but all I remember is like when I was a kid my friend's parents I just remember there being a lot of conversations around true lies and them talking about how amazing it was and and this was kind of like this universal conversation that I picked up going on around me as a kid eraser I don't remember so much but I do remember that poster it is a cool poster yeah isn't it funny like, the things you pick up from the zeitgeist mm, when you're a kid? yeah exactly yeah. like that stuff's going on around you and it, what's interesting is I can't wait to hear like what my kid thinks uh, like what she picked up on she's like oh I remember that and it's gonna be this clear memory to us but some foggy she's like, like Oppenheimer that's just, right yeah I saw that poster. the most terrifying depressing the best movie of all time. maker ever yeah <laughs> so yeah like it I don't know where I was going with that but anyway in retrospect these movies feel really cheesy but I just wonder how they felt in the time so they kind of suffer from how far we've come as a you know filmmaking film watching public well I think the 90s they were they were ready to say to bid adieu to the to the Arnold sly 80s stuff I, I do think yeah, I would agree I yeah. think it had it had been an amazing thing and it kind of it kind of hit its I mean James Cameron had moved on think about it how how long before after True Lies does he go to Titanic? I mean, in Avatar, that dude flipped a switch. He, he was done with the Arnold game. I mean, True Lies yeah. was done. He's like, I'm going down and going under the ocean. Yeah. Going to the bottom. <laughs> Again. Because he's done Abyss. Oh, yeah, he did Abyss. But this yeah, time we're going to Abyss. We're yeah. for real going to the bottom of the ocean. No aliens down here. We are <laughs> yeah. going to go to that fucking ship. This lady, or this time the lady's not coming up for air. We're going to have some young actor who's up and coming. He's going to freeze on a big door. <laughs> what? True randos. It's been too long since. I said that word, randos. randos. It really rolls off the tongue. One more True randos. Here randos. we go. Tom Arnold. James Cameron loved him so much that he threatened Fox to take it this movie to a different studio because they didn't want him because his recent, his he had a lot of issues in the public eye. He was addicted to coke. He had a really crazy marriage with Roseanne that broke up. They, I don't know if you guys remember, but they both tattooed each other's faces on their ass. Imagine being married to Roseanne. I know. And so he was actually the lead writer on Roseanne and then they had this crazy public tumultuous divorce and he's hooked on coke and he, he had a really bad public reputation but James
James Cameron said he brought him in for his audition and he was so good. He blew him away so much that when th- when the studio said they didn't want him for all those tumultuous reasons, he said, mm-hmm. I'll take this movie to a different studio. Arnold also loved him. He loved playing across from him. And also, I think it took a little bit of the pressure off Arnold to have these both of these movies. The comedic relief comes from elsewhere. He he offers some of it, but there's a ton of other comic relief. I mean, hell, usually Bill Paxton does it, and, but in True Lies, we got Bill Paxton and we got Tom Arnold bringing yeah. the comedy. So there's there was a lot that Arnold didn't have to do from that perspective. And I think I think Tom Arnold is actually a huge bright spot. At first he was a little annoying, but I kind of warmed up to it. And then I loved his I loved his commentary throughout the film. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because the, I think you just pinpointed some uh, one of the problems I had with it. I didn't think that either of those comedic roles really came across very well. Yeah. I thought Bill Paxson was trying he was dialed up to like 12 and a half. Mm. Like on a scale from 1 <laughs> to 10 yeah. 12 and a half. It's like dude what are you doing? Like I and I'm a Paxton guy. Yeah. I really love his stuff but Bill Paxton. It was like almost insufferable some of the some of the like when he was in the car and like you know she's got a pair of tits make, that'll make you like stand up and beg for buttermilk and it's like what are, <laughs> yeah. what are we talking like yeah. it was just like so well intense and like yeah. Too much. For no yes. reason, really. For too. no reason. Yes. Also, something that is very observable in both of these films, and I was, this probably won't make it to the final cut, but um, they were both really chauvinistic. Oh, yeah. Totally. True Lies was like, True Lies was derided as a misogynistic film like, when it came they out. they were so fucking mm-hmm. chauvinistic. But I was watching these and I was like, damn, man, like, how did these get made? Um, mm-hmm. How they keep calling Vanessa Williams sweetheart in the movie. Like, back then, that was probably nothing, but they're like, okay, sweetheart, put the disc in the computer. Yeah. Okay, sweetheart. This stuff. And that, I mean, like, that kind of language these days just wouldn't fly. And maybe it's just, you know, the, the society pounds it into you enough and you get, like, a little sensitive to it. God, that, like, the, th- the whole joke about the tits and the buttermilk. Like, I go, nobody I was, would ever say that. It's I was like, like, yeah, it made me just really uncomfortable. <laughs> like you drill, drill. Like, like you, you drill. drill. <laughs> as Put much as I am a Bill Paxton guy, if he was talking, I was cringing. Another thing about Paxton, too, is he had been a side guy in so many camera movies. He's the annoying guy in Aliens. Annoying meant intentionally. We all love him, but he was the annoying guy in Aliens. He's the first guy that gets killed by the Terminator in 1984. Yeah. Like, he's always been Cameron's pocket guy. He's like his pocket ace. It's like, I got this weird little side role. Right. Let's put Paxton in there. Yeah. After this, he starts to take on star roles. So I think he was in the middle of this transition. Twister. Think about it. Compared to other movies he's been in that we've reviewed up to this point, he had a lot of lines. His character was larger than life. Like, he had a lot of screen time. He then transitioned. He did Frailty with Matthew McConaughey where he was taking on lead roles. And I do think he was in a little bit of transition. That being said, I don't care. Very, and I'm I'm a comedian, a failed comedian at that, but I was made very uncomfortable by this. The line you mentioned, like, I hated everything his character was saying. Also, the scene when he's like, when Arnold's test driving the car or whatever, like, why the fuck wasn't Arnold driving the car? He's trying to (laughs) sell this car to this guy and Arnold's in the passenger seat just like glaring at him. I'm I like, want to know what it's happen- like to be a Why passenger. Why is the salesman driving the car? Can you take me for a test ride? I want to know what it's like to be a passenger in this car. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? If my it friend- makes no sense. I want to know what it feels like if my friend bought this car yeah, and he exactly. was picking how me up to go Cameron, to Chili's. Not, how did that get past him? Like what? I don't know. Yeah, I may. I don't. that is a funny thing. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was to give him a sense of control, but I, it was probably just an oversight. Rando, true Rando. Schwarzenegger actually almost died during the horse scene. There was a point where the, he was actually so there is the infamous scene where you can obviously see it's a stunt man yes um, but he also he does ride the horse in some scenes I think he in the documentary he's riding horses in the in the documentary in Austria he has pet horses yeah pet horse he still <laughs> like has pet horses. horses whiskey and whatever what's the other one's name whiskey uh, tango sour <laughs> yes whiskey sour whiskey old fashioned um <laughs> 
But the the horse got spooked out by a camera boom and stood up in the air. Oh. And on one side is the ground, but on the other side is a 90-foot drop-off. And Arnold just so happened to be able to angle his body to where he fell on the ground. But if he would have gone the other way, he would have fallen 90 oh feet. Oh, my God. At least he said it was 90 feet. Dude, the number of celebrities that have, like, been injured in mm. horse incidences and things. Yeah. Are, I don't so. trust horses. I know I mean, everyone loves them. Reeves, man. Like, oh. and literally ended everything for Well, they're very big. And they're very jumpy. So yes, they are. I know they got great, great leg muscles. Glad we have cars now, so we can kill each other with six, you know, six thousand pound pieces of metal instead of horses. I just finished reading. <laughs> it's way better that way. I actually just finished reading all the pretty horses again by Cormac McCarthy. I just read it for the second nice. time. Yeah, because he died. So anyway, side Nobody fact. Nobody cares. <laughs> hey, Cormac McCarthy died three weeks ago, and I'm still recovering. Nobody cares. He's my. He's a top three writer for me. Speaking of oh, almost dying, good. Jamie Lee Curtis. It was her birthday on the day they did the hell helicopter scene and she did that stunt herself she was the one dangling off the side of the helicopter she That's wanted to Tom do that shit you right could tell there, jamie it mm-hmm. was i just can't that say enough it was pretty cool i thought yeah oh, that, it was great the yeah. movie picks up there and and i can't say enough great thing jamie lee curtis really you know she kind of suffered for being a genre actress you know she's known for mm-hmm. halloween and a bunch of other failed films she she's crushed, a long ass torso she crushed this movie crushed it i loved it <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking like this. Crushed it. So, but anyway, on her birthday, she did the Halloween stunt. No, the, hel- the helicopter stunt. There's definitely someone listening out there that was like, man, my bro in the fucking frat house used to talk like that. I <laughs> yeah. miss that guy. Yeah. There's also some people that he just turned do, it off. Yeah. Do, what the fuck is this guy? Yeah. He used to do kegerades. Yeah. yeah, he used to do keg stands. That was, he did his own stunts too. He drank all the beer. Yeah. This is weird. Anyway. Jodie Foster could have played that role. Jodie would never take that role. No. It's, probably, it's, I don't know. She, she would do a Cameron movie probably. I don't know if she'd do the dancing part. and and But she also opted for a different movie called Nell, which didn't do as well. But Nell was like a film about, she played a woman that was trapped in the woods or lived grew up in the woods and didn't speak English and had weird. her own language. Yeah, she opted for that instead. Probably. Spoke tree sound. <laughs> yeah, she I speaks. She Her language is leaves rustling. Yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> and lastly, true lies, true randos. The jets, they used three fighter jets, real government issued jets. Um, and the total cost was over $100,000 to use these three jets to hire the pilots too. That's Do you want to guess what the hourly, hourly rate was though? Probably like a couple grand an hour. $2,400 an hour yeah. to rent out military jets for the movie. Erandos, erasorandos. Uh, Still doing that voice thing. Oh, I'm so weird today. It's like I'm uncomfortable with myself. It's like we haven't done this in a while. I know, it is. it's been a while. Eraser, as much kind of dissing it got from critics at the time, it had a legendary writer uh, who didn't get credit, James, or John Melius, did an uncredited write on Eraser, the guy that wrote <clears throat> Apocalypse Now, Jaws. He has an uncredited writing thing here. He also wrote Shawshank Redemption. That was an Arnold Good request, God. right? No, I don't think it was an Arnold. I was it? Maybe. I, I think that's I read read or heard mm-hmm. that somewhere. They also had Frank Darabont come in on to, direct, to do a write. He also helped with a rewrite. So there's no a, yeah. fucking way. That's probably why that movie's cheesy as fuck. And they were rewriting. <laughs> they were rewriting this movie not only up until the point they kicked off production, but after production, they were rewriting the script. And it was it was constantly. I feel like undergo- everything Frank Darabont touches starts off okay, and then just no. Dives into Except a for speed. Cliff. Speed was awesome. Yeah, that was good. Never mind. I also, can't. there was, I forget the guy's name, but he was working at the gay bar in that movie. 
he was freaking hilarious. Yes. And there was some really good writing for him. I think. He, oh, was yeah, he was hilarious. The yeah. Italian, the mobster. He was so funny. I loved that they just doubled down on the extreme mob tropes in that one. Like They weren't even dry to hide it. I made a mistake. It wasn't Frank Darabont who directed Speed. It was Jan Debont. Oh, those, they're very different people. <laughs> Stupid me. I knew I was wrong and I looked one it up. One of my favorite Kyle quotes. It's not fucking Jan Debont. Fucking Jan Debont. <laughs> <laughs> it was from the speed episode. It, he messes up at one point. He's like, and you know, Jan Debont. He goes, fucking Jan Debont. I left it in the episode because it was just great. And this is the, one of the craziest randos that I've ever found for the podcast. Before Eraser was made, uh, if you recall, Carol Coe that did all the great movies, that did Jace. all the Rambo movies, RoboCop, they were known as this entity, Total Recall. They would they would give huge budgets to people like Paul Verhoeven to let them execute their vision. They Jace. wanted... They wanted creative action films. They wanted directors to fulfill their vision, so they gave them huge budgets. Well, this is around the time they were on the nosedive and they were starting to become, you know, start to go bankrupt. At the time, before Eraser, Arnold was entertaining doing a movie called Crusade. Originally, it was attached to Mark, Martin Scorsese, but it did Good. end up being a Paul Verhoeven movie, but Carol Coe turned, turned it down because at minimum, it was a $100 million budget and Paul Verhoeven's never met budget. He's always gone over and they knew that would sink them. And even though they eventually sank anyway, they knew if they took it on, but Arnold was going to do a three-hour epic film playing a knight that was in the Crusades trying to take the land back from the Muslims. So that was in play. Wow. We could have had a movie. Scorsese says he was going to do it. Yeah, or, yeah, originally, and then Vorhoven. Oh, I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah. So in a it lot of been really weird. It would have been. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, it was over the top violent. How over would he the have? Top. How would he have shuffled his mother into that movie or whatever he always did in his films? Right. Who? More Scorsese. Yeah, like where yeah. Scorsese uses his mom. It's like, oh, his mom's like mm -hmm. you know serving. You can find the script online. The script is out there. Another big reason, not only did he turn it down because it just wasn't going to work anyway, but he knew that if he did a movie about the Crusades and he wanted to go for election, yes. he knew that would ruin it. Because apparently if you read the script- That was my first thought. There's a scene where he rips a guy's beard off and his whole face comes off with it. Like it's like vulgar, <laughs> over-the-top violence. And he was like, yeah, ah, that, that was going to be an Oscar Beatty kind of thing. And that's not something that's going to get you elected. But don't yep. you kind of want to see it now that you know it's out there? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. Martin. I mean, he's too old now. But. And what the hell is Verhoeven doing now anyway? After he made Showgirls, no one ever gave him money again is he anyway. still alive? Yeah, he is. But he's doing independent films overseas. He's, he doesn't even live here anymore. He's, this is funny. The original name of the central defense contractor was Cyrex, but there was a real company called Cyrex, and they sued the production company and said, if you don't change it, we were going to sue you. So that's why it's Cyrez and not Cyrex. Wow. Yeah, okay. there, there was a real company called Cyrex. Maybe it was the Mortal Kombat guy. Cyrex. Yeah, yeah. Cyrax, yeah, maybe dude. he got yeah. pissed off. You know, is he the is he is he the red one? He's the yellow one. He's Sector's the red Sector one. Sector is the yeah. Sector. So Cyrax is the, the yellow one here. Yeah. I knew you would know How that. How did they know about that in pre-production? I don't know. Maybe someone told me, did you hear that fucker James Cameron making a movie about our company? He's like, yeah. dude, we make fertilizer. Why does he want to make movies about a fertilizer company? <laughs> we oh, make no, defense fertilizer. Hire Jim. Who's Jim? My cousin, the lawyer. He Jim lives Cameron? in the Bronx. We are almost done with these re -ra 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 randos. It's a lot of randos. Yes. This is almost taxi driver level. It's the normal. It's five each. Really? That's the normal. Okay. We spitball for a while. We did spitball. 44 minutes. Spat, we spitball. We spitballed. So the part of the film's production involved filming at a real zoo and a large number of real animals had to be shipped in. It was going to be a great cost to the film's budget, which was $100 million, which is funny. That was the same as True Lies. And at the time, True Lies, that was the biggest budget ever. Now it's just like, eh, Nickelback. What? This is horrible. I hate <laughs> Fuck this rando. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> what is it? Uh, eh, Nickelback. <laughs> 
<laughs> Future Phil, I'm an idiot right now. This is kind of a rando, but I wanted to bring this in because I did research on this because I was really curious about it. Eraser is really considered to be the end of the golden Arnold era. Yes. Yep. It's it's, and I only bring it up to say we're all diehard Arnold fans here. You know how I feel about him, uh, and I love what you said, Phil, that it felt like it should have come out in '89. You kind of said this too, Drew. It should have come out in '89, but it was in '96 that this genre had passed by. People were done with it. I think the misogyny of those films. Eraser is a lot like Commando. Commando is him taking a woman and protecting her and she's mm. following. Like, it's very similar. And I do think the genre kind of burnt out a little bit, but this was a 19 film skid between Conan in 1982 and 1996 Eraser to think about how it covered that much time. And so a lot of people say that this is kind of the end of that era. And Do you really include Conan in that? Um, it wasn't even his voice. Like I just feel like Conan, his that was like part of his bodybuilding career. Part of me doesn't, but in my research, like film people, writers, uh, you know, critics do. I, it, they, they consider that to be the golden Arnold era. I don't personally, because I don't necessarily love that film as much, but I mean, even if he started in 84, that was 82, Conan. Yeah, it if feels start, like it started with Terminator. Yeah, 84. Even if we, okay, so and we'll start. it ended with e Eraser. Either way you look at it, it's a long time. I think it's interesting what people, what a lot of people say, and I actually agree with this, Face Off, Nicolas Cage, The Rock, those movies were like the beginning of a new type of action. Michael Bay, these new directors coming in with bigger set pieces, crazier ideas. And so I, it is interesting. So it's kind of random, but I just wanted to mention that, you know, scholastically speaking, this is kind of the end. Kind of sad. Um, yeah, because next he did what was next, End of Days, which is kind of a horror thing, right? And Yeah, he fights Satan. And it was his first movie after his heart surgery. Yeah, oh, so wow. he really kind of did a weird thing. And then he went and became governor. You tried to take me, Satan, I fight your back. I can't do the fucking impression. You you do it. Uh, what? I've, I've never seen that movie. Oh, it's end horrible. End of Days. Gabriel Byrne plays the devil. End of Days. Okay. Wow. Corn and Limp Biscuit are on the soundtrack. It's fun. Oh, wow. It's horrible. It's a horrible movie, but it's so fun. Corn and Limp Biscuit. Man, I would watch a... it right now. I it's... feel like we're going to watch it next time we hang out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> end of podcast. We'll the watch End of Days. Next time Phil can't get together, we're going to be like, End of Days? <laughs> Shall we parse the lies? Let's erase or erase war. <laughs> let's true. <laughs> let's tell the truth. Let's war. It feels so good to be here again. <laughs> I have missed you guys. I have missed your desperate attempts at making wordplay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Me we too. are not good at it. That's Drew a, is good at it. But well, you know what? I'm not the host, though. But you know what else I missed? You got to get that iPad out to get oh. that cast going. If you don't do that top bill cast, we can't iPad. commence on the scorecard. If we can't commence on the war card, the podcast will never end. And we're using open source software to record because oh, he left shit. his IKEA at home. What the fuck? <laughs> Did you, I'm sorry, did you say Ikea in there somewhere? Ikea! He left his cheap couch at home! Can you keep going while I get this light They made by a three, kid that's three years old, and they're the same people making the MacBooks and the iPads and the iPods. And they just come in here and they create open source software for podcasters that make zero <laughs> money in this fucking country because it's the most saturated thing to happen since they found out about bread and they opened all the factories and there was a huge boom. But then remember during 1942 and <laughs> during World War II when they closed down all the bread-making factories they started making bombs for the CIA so they could bomb other countries and we could use illicit drug money to fund <laughs> terrorism around the world. Do you remember this, motherfuckers? Wow. Yes, it's I honestly, do. The sheer amount of verbiage falling out of your face is impressive. <laughs> I'm ready, by the way. The All right, I'm going to take creative liberty here and say, Top Bill Cast, Arnold Schwarzenegger... Versus Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah. God, who does This is the first time we've done it. We've never compared the two leading actors against each other, have we? No. no. And it only, and it only, I'm trying to think. <laughs> there, was, there was a movie where 
We had an actor that was in both movies, but oh, <laughs> Rounders and Rounders and Ocean's Eleven because Matt Damon was in both. Rounders, but okay, that, but it didn't work itself out to be top billing. Right, top exactly. Billing. You know, somehow I should have been anticipating this, and I wasn't. Mostly because I'm a fucking moron. Arnie in True Lies versus Arnie in Eraser. It's tough. I could go either way, but I, I feel a, like I, I know idea. how Kyle's gonna go on this one because he has a bizarre dislike for Arnold in True Lies because he's too polished. But <laughs> you know me so well. He's too polished. Yeah. Only I would complain about that shit. I really thought Arnold in True Lies was the fullest realization of Arnold that we could possibly get. As stupid as that movie was in so many ways and as bizarre as, as, as like ambiguous as the comedic slash seriousness of that movie was, I thought he was really great in True Lies. He, I mean, as good as a guy who has an extremely heavy Austrian accent could possibly be playing like a role that could have easily been played by a purely American actor. As good as that type of actor could be, I thought he crushed it in True Lies. I thought his polished nature was very becoming and I, I I don't know I just really enjoyed him in that movie he was funny he was as believable I guess as you could be you know he had a lot of really great moments in that movie Eraser I felt like you could have swapped out a lot of different people for Arnold because it mm. wasn't like an iconic film and it, it was fun it was good but it wasn't like I don't know that Arnold made that movie as much as Arnold made True Lies so I'll take T.L. Arnold versus Eraser Arnold and you're not alone in that sentiment Drewskis I don't want to see Arnold sitting by a fireplace talking to a woman I don't even I want do. to see him sitting ever. I don't want to see him riding a horse at a Marriott. <laughs> I want to see Arnold in an airplane throwing a chair out to kill the engine so he can jump out, miss the engine, deploy a thing and not work, find the backup and then take on an airplane. Yes, true enough. That's what I want from Arnold. And for that reason, <laughs> I'm going to race her. Very I much love truth. That. I love that. Oh, this is. Oh, don't even play. You're going to go to a here. Come on. I don't love love that he started changing his roles and his acting because he had political aspirations, especially because we've read the book, watched the documentary, we know how it negatively impacted his marriage and his life. Like, I just hate that. I hate that. As amazing as it is, as he became governor, I just feel like Terminator 3, like, he was, that was the same thing. Terminator 3 is supposedly the one that suffered the most. You know, he, that was really close to his political aspirations, and he totally audited himself. I just hate that. But, yeah. what Drew said resonates with me. Eraser, I feel like it had more traditional Arnold type stuff in it. He's holding two rail guns it's where true. these other guys can well, barely handle oh, one. some serious Predator Terminator yes. vibes. I, the I was gonna say They're Terminator like, vibes. I was going to say the same thing. Mm -hmm. I was watching Eraser and there were so many moments where I was like, Terminator, Terminator, Terminator. Like, it just, it felt like some kind of bizarre uh, Greatest adjacent. Yeah, or, or just like a an adjacent universe kind of thing. You know, like where he could have been the Terminator. And and also he plays a very Terminator-like role in that movie because he's the eraser. He goes in and fucking terminates people, literally. It's Honestly, literally, it was less like eraser than it sounded like it would be. If you just yeah. saw the post, you're like, eraser. You're like, oh, so it's the Terminator thing. Yeah, it's about it's a movie about school supplies. But no, he... Um, <laughs> yeah, the pencil is gone. How can I write with the number two pencil <laughs> if it doesn't have an eraser on the bottom? I will make mistakes. English yeah. is not my yeah, first language. The Scantron form is going to fuck me over when I <laughs> my muscles are too big for these bubbles. That's so good. Run it again. <laughs> run it again. I got the right answer. I need a 920 on my SATs. Or else anyway. James Cameron won't let me run for president. 
<laughs> yeah. The er- Eraser had a lot of Terminator adjacent things going on. I buy him a lot more in Eraser. There is no one's going to hire a spy that's built like Arnold. Even though Arnold is in his low form, low muscle Arnold is still incredibly muscular compared to the rest of us. Like low, like non bodybuilder Arnold is still amazing, and no one's going to buy him a, as a he's spy. A big motherfucker. You put that guy in a tuxedo. He's not nondescript. People are going to be looking like, who's that big guy in the, the who's freaking this six foot. Eight, dude, how old? Tall he's not. Him? He's actually not that tall. He's six two. I think oh, he's six okay. two supposedly. And wow, shoes. that's way shorter than I thought. The eraser actually was a little more close to what I love about him, and and I do, I do, I just didn't buy him as much as a spy. I go eraser. It's kind of weird that True Lies exists. I could see someone be like, "Did you know that James Cameron made a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger one time?" And, and it was Jamie kind Lee of a Curtis comedy from Halloween. Was like his opposite right. role. Yeah. Well, this is the third. Tom movie. Tom Arnold was in it, and we're like, Wait, "What?" This is the third movie he's done with Arnold. Both Terminator. Oh, that's right. Damn it. We cut all that. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck! You said it earlier, too. I was like, Terminator was kind of a big deal. but (laughs) (laughs) Damn it! I didn't say anything. I was like, it'll come around. And then he said it again. I was like, okay, you're fucked. There's a reason we do this pod, and it's to laugh. (laughs) It's to laugh. It's to laugh. We can't remember all the shit. We have 19 kids between the three of us. I mean, we are drowning here. We've doubled the amount of kids since the last time you did this Yeah, we actually got adopted into a cult, and they gave me four kids. I own the the butter churning children, which has been great for me. I love yeah. butter. It's been, you know, the boss doesn't know that I'm siphoning a little bit, you know, but I'm the head of the branch you know, Davidian compound here in Tennessee. Yeah. So there you go. That's why they call you, they call me Kyle Resch, you know, instead of Core Resch. Yeah, exactly. Koresh, they call me Kyle Resch. It's been great. Anyway, Eraser is funny. erasing true lies. <laughs> One to zero. Is true lies telling the truth or is it lying? We will find out with best important cast, man. Get your cowboy hat on. Get your alligator skin cowboy boots out. Go to the desert kick a cacti and you put that supporting cast out there man been too long since you had that ipad what's that world I- war ii oppenheimer <laughs> shit fuck best supporting cast supporting cast cut all that true lies jamie lee curtis tom arnold bill paxton tia carrere forgive my tia carrera carrera mm-hmm. carrera mm-hmm. carrera yeah carrera she's wonderful uh and eraser we got vanessa world. williams james Kahn, james coburn and robert pastorelli did you mention charlton heston in the true Lies. No, but yeah, I usually run you it gotta down. You got to tag him on there. Let me, let me run it down. We got Art Malik. We got Eliza Dushku. We got, uh, let's see, I don't recognize any of these people. Poor Eliza Dushku. That's a terrible last name. Mm-hmm. And so, True Lies? So beautiful. Such Charlton Heston's the boss name. in True Lies. He's the boss of the. the he's not even listening. Oh, yeah. He's at the end of the table there when they're like. Yeah, he's having Mr. Eyebrows that. with the eye patch. Mm-hmm. I'll start. This is tough. A young John Slattery. Oh yes, still our, smoking. Our friend from is is he was like, he was pre silver, but he was yep. post gray. Like he had it's true. Did that dude ever have brown hair? He like he was born with like gray John hair. John Slattery was born at the age of forty five. Like is he just amazing yeah. in Mad Men. <laughs> yeah. Isn't he amazing in Mad Men? Much, much like John Hamm, Mad he's just always forty five. Yes, yeah. I I struggled with this because on one hand, Jamie Lee Curtis to me, as much as I love Arnold, she is true lies. I love how she transforms. This is kind of because Arnold's not super. Super nuanced as an actor. I think it gets lost. I think a better actor could have portrayed this feeling more. But the real point of the story to me was is that she fell in love with him even though she found out he was lying. She fell in love with Spy Arnold because she was into that. That's why mm-hmm. she fell for Bill Paxton. It's true. And because Arnold's not super nuanced as an actor, in fact, this is his best acting he's done to date, but it's still not super nuanced. You can't really pick up on all that. But I thought she did so good. I love that she did her wow. own stunts. Well said. That shed new light. I hadn't thought about it like that. Yeah. And she's she was known as a genre actor. People 
she did a couple of shitty movies and people didn't really ever get over her from Halloween. She really shows off here and she did so well that originally Arnold, I didn't have this in my randos, she didn't, he didn't want her. She was not a worthy opposite to play for him as a female in the movie and by the end of it, he loved her so much that he shared top bill cast with her. Wow. And she says, and remember in the Arnold documentary, she says that's one of the highlights of her career when Arnold, when Arnold said, you know what? I want to share, like I want your name on the poster with mine. And that's that was cool. a huge yeah. deal for her. The problem though with True Lies is not Jamie Lee Curtis. She carries this movie in a lot of ways. To me, there's malpractice with Bill Paxton here, who I love, who we love. We've loved him on this podcast Bill and Paxton. rest in peace, the great Bill. But his character, and it's not his fault, he's reading the lines that are meant for him, but he's just... He's not good. On the other hand, I really loved James Caan playing opposite from Arnold. Yeah, it's tough. One of the most legendary, again, rest in peace, James Caan, you're Mr. Godfather. You love that series. It means so much to you. Wasn't it great seeing him again and seeing him across from Arnold? It was, but it also kind of... I hate to say this, but the eraser felt below James Caan. Yeah, I thought that a little. In a way. Of course, was Elf below James Caan? <laughs> that's <laughs> fair question. That's a different question. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good point. Um, He's not much different than De Niro in that way. They both they both ended up take, you know doing yeah, more. I The whole time, every time James Caan was on screen, I'm like, you're better than this. But mm-hmm. anyway. All that to say, I thought he waited it a little bit. Yeah. Well, he did, for he sure. He kind of kept it in He's reality a, a little bit. Yeah, but I, mean, I also feel like they were in different movies at times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I am seriously going to go True Lies because I think Jamie Lee Curtis deserves so much credit. She just won her first Oscar this year for Everywhere All it's at Once. Fucking that fucking time. Movie. Jeez. She was fantastic here, and uh, I think she's underrated. So I, I give it True Lies. It's strictly... I, I give Tar Model credit from a comedic point of view, too. He was funny, but also somewhat annoying. He kind of got annoying to me a little bit, too. Jamie Lee Curtis, Gets the gets the true lies for me. What do you think, Drewskis? I'm torn. I, I think I have to go eraser because I felt like the comedy in True Lies was so forced. It pulled me out. Ooh, man. Robert yeah. Pass is it Pastorelli? I'm sorry. He's I'm Pat- he I'm so glad you brought him up. You and I so Drew We've and I talked watched, enough about it. Yeah, Pastorelli. We watched Eraser together and we were laughing our I ass was off at him. Laughing my butt off. And part of it is probably I was sitting with a friend, you know, when you watch a movie with someone sure. you laugh more, but But he stuck true. out to both of us. I, yeah, I turned to you at one point, I'm like, this guy is fucking hilarious. He is the like, comedic what? relief. He's he's killing it. Do you order pizza <laughs> <laughs> sure gluten-free no i mean you can have your irregular anyway yeah i go eraser because i love i thought he was hilarious i thought james con even though like it felt like they were acting in different movies at times i thought he was like who doesn't love watching james con just like be james con vanessa williams she's beautiful and and married to the great rick fox she's never bad is she really yeah she was during this time they had four kids together oh, okay red fox rick wow. fox from oh. lakers wow he, he played on those great laker teams with kobe and robert ori oh wow yeah uh, and then you got james cromwell like he was he's kind of a legend in his own right like yeah. you know not an a this was a surprisingly means, like, difficult supporting cast yeah battle. I, I i can't believe i'm going at a racer for the second time in a row, but I think I just liked that movie more. You're so. betting on James Caan. I mean, you're not, you, how could you, you can't go wrong betting on him at all. What do you think, Phil? <sighs> Honestly, I'm going to go True Lies. I, I really liked Jamie Lee Curtis. She played the, like, the demure, like, suppressed housewife thing really well. I also loved, <laughs> dude, her awkward striptease thing was, it was, like, so funny to me. She was obviously so uncomfortable. There was some real acting happening there. Dude, it, it was, was uncomfortable, but it was also like some real it was acting. Really, happening. I, I thought it was hilarious, and I honestly thought Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold was. I, I really generally don't like him, but I didn't mind him in this movie. Uh, mm. He was fine. It you know. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I liked I liked the True Lies supporting cast a lot. Like to me, the True Lies supporting cast kind of made that movie. Both are surprisingly dense at the supporting level. They are, man. Yeah. Like there's some juggernauts in. When both I of saw those. James Caan on Eraser, I was like, holy shit! I know. Yeah, it's <laughs> they got weird. Sunny here. Well, the truth is, or Eraser is learning the truth behind the lies here because it's tied. It had a slight lead, and now we are tied at one. Which pseudo secret ambiguous organization would you rather work for? Omega Counter Terror Sector or WITSEC if you are a spy or a U.S. marshal oh, man. shopping your resume out to secret government organizations, who would you who would you follow on LinkedIn? <laughs> <laughs> That's really difficult. Um, I feel like if they're both secret, they wouldn't be on LinkedIn. The Omega super secret soup sauce, whatever the Omega fuck Omega counter terror sector, I think is what is official. <laughs> the, that's what is on Charlton Heston's business card. Yeah, the U.S. marshals are like a bizarrely underfunded branch of the U.S. government, and I don't know that I'd want to be even their, like, in their hyper-elite mm. version of that, so I would go True Lies. You wouldn't want to be an eraser? Yeah. Eraser. You eraser. Yeah, I just can't imagine. Like, are they giving you enough money to really erase, or are you just, yeah. like, getting, like, you remember those shitty, like, gummy erasers you'd get in school? That uh, just, like, kind of pointed do ones the job? that look like squid heads? <laughs> yeah, and they just kind of leave shit on your paper and also the graphite, and you'd be like, what the fuck was the point of this? Yeah. Like, that's what I yeah. feel like you might get if you were part of the U.S. Marshal service. If I'm going to erase, I need resources. I can't just erase on a shoestring yeah, budget. I need, I need tools. I need that people, gritty pumice network, eraser that just gets the job done. A rail gun. I need all the shit. A rail gun, you said. So you went true lies. True lies. Alright, you want to be part of the Omega counter-terror sector. What about you, Drewskis? When I was a kid, I had audio tapes of Charlton Heston reading the Bible. <laughs> wow. Brought to you by the NRA. <laughs> so he's like a father to me. <laughs> he raised so, you. I have to go with the Omega Cops here. I also That's funny. I did not know that. <laughs> that is amazing. I also go True Lies, but that's because Witsec, man, get your shit together. I mean, one of your lead guys is, is a mole, and the boss is so surprised. He's like, oh my gosh, I've known John for years. Half you the know? damn company's a mole. I like, know. That's what like, we're talking about, the underfunded thing. They're not getting paid enough just, to not turn on America. I mean, James Conn, like, the minute <laughs> he... Great point. The minute James Conn decides to go rogue, and also, I have another rando pertaining to this, but the way they pack the rail guns into the, the into the right? thing, there's no boxes. They're just sitting there. No cases. Remember this, Drew? We pointed this out when the the the, the, the boxcar falls. I'm like, those they're just, they just pack the rail guns in there. They don't need cases or styrofoam. Like, <laughs> yeah. they just yeah. literally, like, what if they get to ru the Russian mob and they don't work? It's like, this rail gun's broken. Can I get a refund? Well, who do I sue, UP? Yes, the railgun company? Who do I go after here? A railgun, you said. What kind of operation is this? So, so I go true. true lies because I just, I can't imagine packing a railgun that way. Yeah. That's so true. We need cases. I mean, look at the gun in True Lies. Jamie Lee drops up that machine gun on the, the stairwell and just pff, happens to oh, shoot dude, every... that scene. That was I feel the like... worst scene I've ever seen in any movie ever. Yeah. Like, this is the dumbest thing. But I feel like that's why, that's where that ambiguity of like, is it a comedy or is it an mm. action film, a serious action film yeah, comes into play. Play. jarringly shakes you from mm -hmm. anything yes, it does. not comedy. That's You're the like, crazy oh my part. Gosh, and that was 100%. such a, a shtick. Zooming really out was. too, James Cameron, one, aside from the action and the legendary big set pieces and all the stuff he's known for, what else is he known for? Empowering super female leads. He is. Yep. Sarah Connor. So he Sigourney can marry Weaver. them later. He, and, and he does that here even too. Even the, the lady in the abyss. Yeah. And she has... And Hell, Jamie, even the woman in Titanic survived on a piece yeah. of yeah. cardboard. Uh, she killed Leo. She said you get your ass to the bottom. Him, and then the you know that the submarine will come down later. Yeah, and she really does. He really does elevate women. Don't misgender him. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and Helen, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, oh, she does shit, transform bro. here, but this seems like a super like ditzy thing to do. It was just weird to me that that this was added, and it was added for comedic relief, but usually he's empowering his female leads. Here, he's doing the same eventually, but this seems like, like, can you imagine Ripley dropping a gun accidentally and laughing that she's killing aliens <laughs> on accident? No. Or Sarah Connor. Yeah, the whole thing is off-brand for everybody. Yeah, everybody had food poisoning or something. I don't know what happened, but I do go true lies. So Eraser is learning the truth here at two to one. Here we go. Category three or uh, category four. What's more believable? Simon slash Bill Paxton as a spy or the rail guns being jammed into a container with no cases, boxes, or styrofoam or protection of any sort <laughs> by, you know, by this gigantic secret government organization. Oh, shit. I'm obviously very off-put by the packing of these Not rail guns. Lie. Man. Clear answer here. <laughs> it's shockingly believable that somebody would just put a bunch of really expensive weapons in a shipping container and be like, here you go. Your fucking problem now. When you know? that car opens and they just fall out, I was like, really? <laughs> yeah, it's like as much as you'd think that that wouldn't be that way, we've all been around long enough to it's see the, the, the like 24 inch by 48 inch Amazon box show up with a fucking tiny ass vial of, of lube in it. And <laughs> You're like, like what? you guys put put this two ounce bottle of liquid in like a four square foot box. Yeah. The fuck is wrong like with I you said, people? I so think anyway, in our first five episodes of this podcast, if the government opened a steakhouse, would you eat at it? That goes Woo! for this situation too. They're That's packing this box really shittily. Totally, Woo! yeah. Government contractor just yeah. jamming beer, you know, like totally uncovered weapons in a shipping container. I believe that. So that's yeah. more believable to you. A hundred percent, dude. This is America. We fucking cut corners. Yep. What's more believable to you, Bill Paxton Absolutely. as a fake car dealer spy? 100% agree. Bill Paxton was not believable in any way. Mm -hmm. That was the most unbelievable thing <laughs> I've ever seen. It was deplorable. It was the yep. most un-Bill Paxton-y role he's ever done. Mm -hmm. And yeah, guns get you know, throw the safety on there, fine. Who gives a shit? <laughs> exactly. I go the same way, man. They shoot light speed, spent uranium rounds. We're good. It's <laughs> so put them in weird. the fucking shipping case. It's so weird that Jamie Lee Curtis's Helen falls for this guy. She's so smart in this Not movie. Not really, though. I, I know, but that. he's the way Bill Paxton plays it. It's like, oh my gosh, this guy. Yeah, I, and and you pointed out the fact, like you pointed out a really glaring part of this movie that I never really thought of. The fact that like she ends up falling for what she was attracted to in Bill. And that's what they were going for. But I feel like they misdelivered on that whole premise. The guy that she fell for should have been more, I don't know, like spy-like, like more kind of cunning and like savvy and sexy and like, instead she falls for this weird-ass like pseudo-car salesman. Like, Sleazy. And the reason I hadn't, it, that hadn't even occurred to me until you pointed it out was mm. because they didn't do it right. Right. In my opinion. Like, <laughs> You're right. That's not, that just did not connect. So he, true. He was such a weird character so anyway You're speaking so much say, truth it was a weird true. device yeah we just cleaned house with the racer that was a that we just swept out across the board the government would not pack a a, a car very well of rail guns toe to toe toe to toe here we go this is more general we have two of two fantastic arnold action films what was the best action best action film we have two films that are within arnold's range of what's considered the golden era one the end one kind of towards the end hate to say it but i gotta go eraser you don't have like, to because i would probably it was just 
pure old school Arnold, like as stupid as that real gun was with its like weird wake of whatever the fuck was coming off those rounds that they were firing that were visible. <laughs> like he was just murdering and, and, and forgetting and moving on just like mm-hmm. Arnold does. He just kills yeah. people and slides on into the next murder. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, I kind of didn't mind it. I, I kind of liked the gun. It was fine. But to me, the, the scene, the airplane scene was epic. Like, absolutely. <laughs> so epic. Just from from the moment James Bond, oh, yeah. like, hands that other kid, like, he takes the water bottle from him and he's like, here, something you'll like a little more. This, this You'll be more interested in this. Whatever he says, he hands yeah. him a Pepsi. Because he's going to, like, poison Schwarzenegger or whatever. From that, that whole scene, from that to when he wakes up and he ends up, like, you know, like, throwing the chair out and, like, and mm-hmm. then jumps out and, like, dodges the engine and find like, he, oh, he throws a parachute out and chases it. That that That's was amazing. Freaking crazy, dude. Like, and then went after it, and then when it didn't work, he threw the other thing, and then he took on an airplane that was coming back around at. Like, it was just the whole scene was that was a- great, absolutely incredible. That was that was pure yeah. Arnold. Just like bizarre. you cannot yeah. as cool as the bridge scene was, and props to Jamie for doing all the stunts. Like, I don't think you can top that airplane scene. No, I go. You know, there's no shame in going and race here. I go there too, and and there's two reasons. One, I'd love to pass this premise by you. Is there another actor where when he picks up a a weapon in a certain way, you know the shit's going down. Like, think about T2. He picks up that minigun, and he doesn't kill any of the cops because he's, you know, John Connor told him not to kill anybody. The minigun. In Predator, the uh, the the bow and arrow with the fire arrows. Mm-hmm. When Arnold picks up certain weaponry in a certain way, there's no other actor that visually you're like, this shit's going down. And when he picks up two <laughs> rail so guns, true. Arnold is the king of picking up a weapon and just, and it's fixing to go down. Dual-wheeled, man. He did it in T2. Yeah. He did it in Predator. He does it here. I love it when like he gets two rail guns like oh Arnold's gonna do the thing Arnold was the yeah. first person shooter before the first person <laughs> he was. shooter was the Arnold thing. FPS Schwarzenegger born of Austria Fuck yeah I love it so I love that part one thing and both of these films suffer a little bit but where I think both of these films really actually do depart from our beloved genre the 80s sly Arnold action is the villains aren't great in either of these movies but James Caan being the great actor he is makes it more interesting as much as the Crimson Jihad is bloated and and they're this organization and it's playing on real life fears that are actually playing out in our society in real life. I was so disinterested in the first thing we see the leader do, uh, played by Malik, the actor Malik, I can't right. remember, is it Art Malik, I think his name is? Sorry, let yep, me. That's right. Yep, that's right. He slaps a woman, and I'm just like, I hate you. I know you're a villain, but you slapped a woman. I, I, I'm just like, I was never super into to, to the villain, and it's like that is the essential thing for every movie we love that we've covered for Predator and Rambo it's and true. Rocky. You need a great villain, and they just aren't there. Both are forgettable. Wait, but you it, mean to tell me that the guy that only had hair on the back of his head and yeah. nothing mysteriously in the front it was whatsoever. almost laughable. Yeah, he had like a li- yeah. reverse yeah. lion's mane. Like, like it was just the whole lion's mane was on the back of his head and he had none in the front. I was like, only in the 90s could you have a hairstyle like that and not get freaking made fun of. And it's tough. And we talk about this all the time. Pre 9-11, it's tough to make jokey jokes about terrorists from the Middle East like in the 90s yeah. just because of what we know ends up happening. So it's yeah. like when those 
are portrayed as like, ah, America was laughing their asses off at this, and then we know what happened. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's tough. Yeah. It was very Agreed. tropey, yeah. and it's weird that, you know, the reason Rambo 3 suffered, at the time, Rambo 3 was the most expensive movie ever made, and the reason it suffered is because they, they picked the wrong person to cheer for at the wrong time. We're just six years removed from that, and it kind of feels like we didn't we didn't move away from it with the action trope in that way. So Especially with the World Trade bombing, I mean, that happened in the, in 93. Yeah. The same people, we didn't, you know, it wasn't quite as impactful. People forget right. about that one, but it right. happened, and so, yeah. yeah, it was a little weird. Now, as we've gone through this war card, I'm starting to see, oh, maybe this is why the, the genre faded out. They just couldn't stop writing. The tropes worked for a time, but they just couldn't stop writing those things out, you know? That, that However, kind of like, go ahead. only challenge to that, the show 24 started oh, yeah. in 2001, and it was primarily about Middle Eastern terrorists the whole time. Didn't Homeland Gosh, also? That show was so good. When Homeland was, with Claire Danes also yeah, on Homeland Showtime? Also. I never saw I either of those shows. Are they good? Dude, Homeland is good for about the first three seasons. Is 24 good? Should I watch that? Dude, 24, in my opinion, was the start of like the high quality, you should watch this network television Even show. 24 was like, make popcorn, sit down, really? see TV 24, for, for my family. Like, I don't know. I haven't seen yeah. it in 20 years, but it was, mm -hmm. it was incredible then. It was an event. Like the concept of an entire season of a show covering a full 24 hour day and they showed you minute by minute and that's what every episode was that was a damn good show. I'll take you up on it. Kiefer Sutherland was, I mean, you know, there was the some of the early YouTube videos joking, you know, the count of him saying damn it because he said it a lot. Also damn played it. Snake in Metal Gear Solid 5, which he I'm did. going through right now. At oh, it's now's a good time. This is a good entrance for you to do Try 24. Dude, 24 at, is at really Phil's leadership. good. <laughs> And then you've got the guy from the Nationwide commercials. Yeah. Who was also awesome Heat. Yep. David, yeah. what's his name? Oh, yeah. well, his name was, he was President David Palmer. David Palmer, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I will, I will try it. Well, it's three to two and and our fans are probably hating us right now because so many of them love True Lies, but the scorecard, the scorecard dictates all, yep. right? It doesn't have, feel the emotion. The scorecard dick takes all. <laughs> dick, yeah. Dick's the around. Dick the war all. card has no emotion. It, it doesn't have, it doesn't play favorites. It just does what it does. It's pure emotion. Two to three here. All right. Best you Use of an animal, Arnold's horse in True Lies, or the alligator when he shoots the freaking aquarium and uses the alligator to kill the the adversaries. Oh, the fucking alligator scene! Worst that CGI shit ever. Was crazy, but still that was awesome. Bananas. Alligators do not do any of those things. <laughs> horrible, horrible CGI, but None still a great idea. Your luggage, like what the? Okay, fuck I'm was gonna that say something shit? controversial here. The horrible CGI, the concept was still enough to overcome how shitty the CGI was. I still loved it. It was I so bad. Dying. There was better technology. T2 is three years in our rear view or four years in our rear view at this point. Better CGI is available to all of us. They still chose think, this horrible CGI and it still works I for think me. It, I think it's, it was a big lift back then to, to get the CGI to look good, even at that point. But man, <laughs> that alligator scene. This is a stroke of genius and we've yet to really talk about the other director here. The other director is not too shabby, Mr. Chuck Russell, who directed the most beloved Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Warriors, and also his biggest success going into this movie, you know what that was? Jim Carrey's The Mask. <laughs> oh. This is a guy that fucks around. <laughs> Dude, The he Mask? does not care. What a weird movie If you haven't was. seen Dream Warriors, the, it is the best nightmare on Elm Street. Like, it's not even close. And some of the imagery he uses there, when I saw those alligators, it's like, oh, that's Chuck Russell. Like, he mm -hmm. was cool with this because of some of the stuff he does in F Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, this dude, The Mask, think about The Mask, and he's doing this with alligators. So I, I'm gonna go ahead and just call it. I, listen, the horse stuff is fun, and Arnold, but I just thought the alligator thing, like, it didn't seem out of place. Like,
Like it, it seemed like a natural progression in that movie. Like it was a great device. Knowing Chuck Russell, it seemed right in line. I thought it was well done. I thought it was well placed. I go eraser here. Man, our fans are gonna hate us for this. Is the is the alligator thing any weirder than the, the fact that they're riding a horse through a Marriott and <laughs> it's just conveniently small yeah. enough to fit into an ele mm -hmm. elevator? The only difference is they didn't have to CGI like, the horse. Yeah, but then there's blatantly just a non-Arnold guy on the horse for no apparent reason. We're like, wait, where the fuck is Arnold? That's some other guy. It's oh, there he is. There another he is. Arnold. It's a stunt guy. Arnold too. Uh, uh, what, what? How did you phrase the category? The best use of an animal. Best use of an animal. I'll, I'll go. I, I gotta go the horse thing here. Okay. It was more fun to watch him ride through Central Park. I think they used the, the horse better, and it was kind of impressive. It was the fact that because there is no CGI with the horses. Like those horses are like you know you, Arnold yeah. almost died. The horse association doesn't allow you to CGI horses. So yeah, I mean they have a guild. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the horse guild. <laughs> No, yeah. The International Guild of it's Horses. It's more impressive to use horses that aren't CGI mm -hmm. in an urban setting, in my opinion, than to just CGI like some alligators. She true. Mm. Okay. I love that. Phil. I, I agree. I thought we already did, Phil. I, I was just I was you just, just riffing. He never gave the, a definitive. The alligator thing was so absurd. <laughs> I was watching it's it. It's a great like, improv. I was watching it like, dude, they are just preying on the fears of a really ignorant public with this shit. So anyway, uh, yeah, the horse thing wins for me. Last category. Three to three. Holy oh, shit. The oh, pressure is shit. on. Make a break. Oh my gosh, who wins here? Arnold or Arnold? I'm really in, in just suspense here. Is true lies going to be erased? Or is eraser going to learn the truth of the lie here? Biggest flex. <laughs> We're going to finish with a flex category. I love the flex. This is a bro category, though. It's a bro flex category. It's a bro flex. Bro flex. Bros are flexing. It's got the water hose veins poking out. Yeah, man. Love <sighs> the vascularity of this category. <laughs> 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 All right, biggest flex. I love flex categories. Killing with a rotating Uzi that you accidentally drop down the stairs and knocking out the entire Crimson Jihad group group in the room, <laughs> or we're bringing the alligators back. Killing your adversaries with alligators in the tank. Biggest flex. Both are crazy. Crazy flexes. I mean, she accidentally she drops she drops it run. It's just boom, boom, boom. I have boom. a patent issue with the situation in True Lies because guns don't work that way. I was going to ask you. You're the marksman. Neither in the do alligators. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're both fucking took insane. It from me. Yes, alligators also don't work that way. Those two situations are fucking ridiculous. Like guns do not just go off when you drop them on the ground. That is not how they work. Guns don't go off when you drop them on the ground. They do not function that. Way. Also, alligators don't just arbitrarily eat the shit out of people. Unless you like drop that. them down a staircase. I guess. Then they start <laughs> eating. <laughs> <laughs> then they start eating Biggest everybody. Flex? Oh man. I I personally loved when Arnold just fucking shot that alligator tank and those gators came mm -hmm. out and and the chaos that ensued. So I'll go biggest flex like having the foresight to take out a tank full of alligators with two in bullets left in order to kill your adversaries mm -hmm. versus just dropping a gun down the stairs and, you know, having an impossible situation unfold in front of you where you happen to also kill a Middle Eastern terrorist group. That was yeah. bullshit. With so. the name Crimson Jihad, yeah. which is the most contrived, <laughs> weird yeah. name. From a filmmaking standpoint, both of them felt like bits, right? They're yeah. just like, this is just kind of like a thing we're doing. It's a punchline. Like we hope it. Yeah, exactly. But I, it, we're speaking in terms of what's the bigger flex. And I think to Phil's point, the bigger flex would be he was like, I'm going to blow the glass out of this. And then they're going to there's going to be a problem here. With yeah, alligators. agreed. Yeah. 
Which the gun thing was an accident, right? Yep. That was kind of the she shot that it. was she the comedy of it. it all. She dropped mm-hmm. it and it yeah. accidentally killed everyone. Ha- like accidentally killing people is never funny, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just not like even if they're bad people, it's like you didn't even that's not even cool. Like mm-hmm. you just that you killed them by mistake. I don't know. Not to mention that when it starts off, it's at the top of the stairs. The angle it would have to achieve firing, even though it can't possibly do that. Let's say theoretically it could happen. Yeah. It's at the top of the stairs, yet it's killing people. Every step it takes, even so, though at the top of the stairs, it's way over everyone else's heads. Like the uh, angles that it would have to take. To yeah, even the know. math doesn't add up. It never points back at her. Like what's happening? It like, doesn't hit Arnold. It doesn't. Yeah, it's, it's stupid. To me, that scene just kind of solidified the fact that True Lies is a comedy. It was because, reminding you like, hey, we're not taking ourselves seriously. Yeah, like that yeah. was just the most. James Cameron was in between wife number four and number five. He was yeah. really feeling. <laughs> he was maybe you know, feeling out wife number six with Jamie Lee Curtis. He was still she married, so it. he was yeah. like, oh, I can't marry her like I married Sarah Hamilton. Yeah. Maybe if I let her accidentally kill some people, she'll take me in. Yeah. It's like, drop this and maybe we'll have a, rela- so, a yeah, relationship. I can't, be- I can't believe it, but Eraser, I think, I guess with that decision that I'm going to go with, Eraser yeah. is going to take out True Lies. Same. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Same. I Apologies, fan base. Yeah, I know. And again, the war card, the war card doesn't feel pain. It doesn't, it's just like the Terminator. <laughs> it doesn't have emotion. It is here to wipe out the future. And it doesn't apologize. And it, it show, doesn't. And it shows up naked that's why every we, time. That's why the we shifted to Eraser because we wanted to come here with better films because they're both great. I, listen, I, I go, same, same thing. I, God, I love James Cameron so much, but True Lies is so uneven to me. And this this scene to me was the ultimate expression of how uneven this movie is. Like, because James Cameron is not a guy that that nothing is accidental with him. Yeah. Like when you watch Aliens, the the original Terminator is so meticulous. It is, it is. just so well paced. The pace is the reason that movie rocks. Like Arnold didn't know English, so he wrote a script that that really bent to what he could do at the time. And like it's it's about the pace. It's almost a horror movie in some ways. And Cameron is so intentional but there's so much malpractice in True Lies and this is this seems lazy to me at least the alligators it made sense he had two bullets left he's like and there's more there's more enemies than bullets so yeah. he tur- he shoots the freak. He's in a zoo and he kill- uses the alligators. That was awesome. Like it was creative. It was interesting. The CGI was really bad. It was so bad. But it was it was a progression and it's just right. I don't know. Cameron Cameron was something's wrong here. I just I just felt like he yeah. was out of his element. If you're you're if you're sitting at a table and a board you know you're a writer's room or whatever. You're like what if what if he shot what if he shot the alligator like the glass and the alligators oh shit yeah, yeah oh exactly my God. yeah that's so like mm. but then like. What if, what if, like, she drops the gun on the stairs and it just happens to, like, go off eight times and kill But I think everybody. had like, True really? Lies been more overtly funny, then that scene would have landed. But it wasn't overtly funny, so it's like you don't know what to make of that scene when it comes around. It's like, are we trying to be serious? You know, yeah. yeah. Anyway. No, you're, it's a, that's a great point. Like, True Lies was a comedy that never quite realized it was a comedy. And it was also an action film that never quite realized it was an action film. So it was like, yeah. personally... Is it a soundtrack issue? Would some lighter... I don't remember the music from either of them. music make you feel like, oh, they're being silly here. I yes. feel like it was scored like a true action film. Yes! Dude, that's such a good point. But then they were like trying to do jokes and, you know, you had Tom Arnold, Tom Arnolding, and you had all over, you know, yeah. Bill Paxton, Bill Paxtoning, and Arnold was surprised not funny even though he could have been and yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is not funny but 
she was doing bits. She's quirky. She's, She's quirky, quirky, and she was dropping guns, and she was stripping, and she's yeah. you know, like it just yeah, it didn't land for me. She was shredded AF for the strip scene. Well, not to prolong the end here, but I was just thinking about 1994 as a year for film. The fact that so I think I, I can I don't remember these perfectly, but so the thing is, is True Lies I think made it would cost 100 million to make. It made 120. It only made 150 total. So the only way that it made the the most profit was it was internationally. So it only made like an extra 20 million on top of cost domestically. So it wasn't a huge wow. hit, but when you look at 94, listen to this list of movies, guys. I want to. Shawshank Redemption, Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, Leon the Professional, which is one of my favorites, The Lion King, The Mask, Ch another Chuck Russell Leon movie. Leon John Renault, right? Yes. Yeah. I love that. We got to cover that movie at some point, by the way. Speed with our beloved Keanu Reeves, Legends wow. of the Fall, Brad Pitt making his ramp up to stardom. Uh, Dumb and Dumber, The Little Rascals, Interview with a Vampire, another Brad Pitt movie. Good God. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, 1994. One of my, and you guys know, and we're going to cover it, The Crow came out in 1994. Dude, talk, so 1994. Natural Born Killers. Wow, that dude. That Quentin, T Oliver Stone, Tarantino wrote that film. This Woody, is 1994. Woody Harrelson, right? Yes. Natural, yeah. Yeah. True God, Lies. the 90s ruled. 1994. <laughs> the mid-90s. Shit just felt good ruled. back then. It did. True Lies is a blip on the radar in 94. I also can't believe I was eight years old in 1994, because my daughter is about to turn seven and I feel like she's like so old and I don't remember jack shit about 1994. Yeah, 94 may be. All I remember is... I, re I mean, I remember Lion King. I never saw all those other ones. So many people making their ascent. I mean, 94 might be... If we had like a bracket of years for film, I mean, 94 is going to like be first seed. The mid-90s <laughs> had a lot going for it though. There was a there was a lot of amazing stuff coming out though. So anyway, all that to say, confirming mm. our point about James Cameron and some of the malpractice, this movie, although it did, did well, it cleaned up mostly in internationally and it had all these up and Quentin Tarantino has a writing credit and his most prestigious film come out this year so three to four and I'm sorry if it remember this war card is completely out of my ass no no, no. no apologies no apologies yeah. the war card does not apologize it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't feel apologize. emotion and it's, it's Kyle it's, you can but the war card doesn't here to change the future well I'm beholden to it it's its own entity it's like the exorcist like it's just I can't even I, like we work for Cyrex yeah, yeah. we do There's we no are holes here in it's, the, wars. it's the entity but a race to three or four. Anyway, it was it was only a matter of time before we did an Arnold vs. Arnold. It felt so good to be slamming on the microphone with you guys again. And thank you oh, all yeah. listeners for being patient. It's been a crazy summer. We'll get back on it with the, the regularity, but this has been fun. And I uh, hope you're all having an amazing summer. And uh, pucker those assholes. I'm Kyle. <laughs> I'm Drew. And I'm Fabwa Fabwa Phil. Tell the true lie. Eh. Love you.